0: It's
1: Gentleman Jack. Jack.
0: Crack, crack. Cue that fucking jaunty music. 19th century groveling. 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 Good lord. Hey guys. Our drunk <laughs> asses are back. For <laughs> part two. Gentleman Jack. crack My kids are
1: our duty and stuff. Yeah.
0: What's that mean we did our duty? I don't
1: know. (laughs) I mean, because technically
0: it was like a voter day, sort of. Right, right. Do your civic duty. That's what you mean, of course. I thought you meant like your duty to yourself for inebriation. Oh, yeah. Self-care, too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Self-care. So we're back in the shits for day two of Diary Entries from Annalista
1: as it pertains to
0: episode six. Do ladies do that?
1: I'm now very angry that I didn't get Captain Lister mentioning horse whipping in the oh episode. you still thinking about the horse whipping yes well
0: i i like I keep saying I would like to see it it would make me i mean just to see old ass Captain Lister turn up like that for his daughter would be fun, yes, a little dark, but also a little fun. So I guess before we get into the diary entries, we were going to touch on something I saw. Well, every time I see this conjecture, I'm just like, why? But, you know, these circulating ideas that keep coming around about Annalista and manipulation and, you know, ideas of control and consent or, you know, predatory behavior and things of
1: that Um, nature. You mean revolving around Ann Walker? Right, or
0: I suppose in general, because of the reference people make, and like we were going over Angela's book the other week about like calculating predatory behavior. And it's feeling like it's being cast in this light that is often in the patriarchy, which feels very unfair to Ann Lister. And I was talking the other day and I was thinking to myself, in my personal opinion, we'll see what you think that, you know, the biggest difference between Ann Lister and any dude who wants to get a woman despite the fact that she aligned herself with certain parts of the patriarchy, because, well, that's exactly what's going to happen. We have a landowner like her. That is the concept of consent. It's concept that seems to elude <laughs> so many dudes.
1: Well, and when, you have, past and when you have the current. law on your side, I mean, <laughs> the law is all phallic.
0: Wait a minute. Then- Sorry. Sorry. You just made me think of a tweet I saw like an hour ago and it's okay. So I don't know if you saw that news that they were like, Oh, Keanu Reeves is finally dating someone again after decades of just like, at least not publicly after right, tragedy, okay. right? And so one of the tweets I saw that had a bunch of likes was someone just randomly saying, Oh, look, of course Keanu Reeves has an age-appropriate girlfriend because he's a good guy. And wow! on the one hand, I was like, yeah, of course he does. He seems like a normal <laughs> dude. But on the other hand, I'm like, wow, the bar is so low. It's so low. Like, we're wow. so trained to just see ridiculous things in media that when that happens, that Keanu Reeves, 45 or 55, dates someone who's 46, or I think she might be 46, 48, that that's like a shock that someone that he can relate to. But just a few comments down from that was the first dude of many who was like, 18 is legal age. Because, you know, the commentary was, hey, like, you know, yeah. Um, um, right, so when you said the rule of law, that's what came back, because I was like, yo, people right. really do be leaning on that shit as if laws haven't recently changed in places like <laughs> France, where you're like, oh! Protect children from sexual predatory behavior because this age rule is nonsense. Like, let's be honest about people's mentals and stuff like that. Imagine being over
1: 35 and, sh- the hate, like venomously arguing and defending your right to be able to date someone and sleep with someone who's 18 years old. Like you need that. Like you need um, it. It's a lot <laughs>
0: gross. It's a lot gross. It's disturbing on every level, on every fucking level. So that you just made me think of that thing that I saw earlier because I was like, yo, men,
1: men, <laughs> I look. When I was little, there was an old Caribbean song I used to listen to that I never understood. I'm in love with a man. <laughs> nearly twice my age. Horrible. Gross.
0: gross. Horrible. Absolutely gross. gross. So yeah, I mean, and what was evident when you read her entries over and over and over again, particularly in when we first started covering diary entries and we were in a lot of the earlier times where she was, you know, messing around Mrs. Barlow and other girls, that that is something that's always on her mind, this concept of consent. Does this person want me? Am I getting any vibes back that they're into this? If I am, but they feel like they're stopping me, I will stop. But I will try again because I feel like I'm getting this vibe. If I'm getting this vibe that says, no bitch, no grubbles, no way, no how, like a Mrs. Sutherland, I'm going to back off and be like, well, whatever. <laughs> Fuck that hell. Like, I, mean, you know, I wasn't even that interested anyway. She's not even that interesting goof. You know, like what Ann Lister says and does. And I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's because of the patriarchy. Like the weird way that the patriarchy works to affect women in this way is what makes it impossible for Ann Lister to be predatory in the way that some people suggest because, like we were saying before, if women often feel that they have to be in the role of submissive behavior or docility, it adds this extra component to being a queer woman trying to be with another queer woman. Because... You already have that anxiety that's there that's like, am I desired? Am I, is this gay or is this me? Like, what is it? And so you can't, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking from my own personal experience. I'm speaking from people I know, but feels real, but it just, it just like, you can't like, you can't just jaunt into a situation like a lot of dudes do expecting some sort of reciprocal behavior or emotion just because they feel it versus like the absolute care and time taken by a lot of girls to be like I'm double checking, triple checking, recruddle checking and stuff like that. So I was wondering for you if that is like if there's anything about that that is different in terms of
1: well, I'm going to say that no two dudes are alike, which is I guess a given. That's true, that's true. Um but I do Definitely see the merit in understanding that just because you're near or with someone that wants to be with you, that they're pulling out all the stops and they're just automatically comfortable with just jaunting off with their desires out in the open with you. Like it's hard to queer anxiety in general. So, especially if it's your first like queer interaction, like you really don't know where your imagination start and your desires begin because you're really just trying to (laughs) like, you don't know your limits. You don't know. I mean, you don't know what it is that you're looking for other than just the space to breathe and figure it out. And, you know, depending on who fancies you, they may not be looking for someone who's still trying to figure it out. Uh, And and then when Mm. you factor in the time period of it being this frowned upon thing. It's like, well, where do you get to take your chances and get messy and make your mistakes? Like, you don't, you don't have and that.
0: messy. She did. She's like, you know, I'll find a way. Yeah, <laughs> she did. She <laughs> found a way.
1: She had the means. She had her
0: fucking She had the means. Called that, uh, what is it? Um, the Halifax chart, but like the L word L chart, <laughs> but that's just, it's Aunt Lista and all the fucking spider webs of women that connect to her.
1: Do you know how many women are in, well, I won't even speak towards women, but I will say it is not uncommon for you to be in a situation where you are staring at somebody else's plate and food and you're hungry. But you feel like it is not appropriate or polite to say that you are hungry and that you would like to eat. Hungry. And- <laughs> you I mean and it. your
0: goddamn.
1: All right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's your analogy, sir. <laughs> but I mean, it is what it is. Like you just sit no, there. it is what it is. And, and you, you know don't...
0: what? That actually... That's the other thing about this whole concept of consent and women being hypersensitive under the patriarchy is that, like, it's its the concept of pleasure, which is really at the root of the 11% and just the nonsense that happens in society where women's pleasure is consistently locked up in this... Well, in a vault. People try to keep it in a vault and by a whole types of designs within society from the horrific, like, genital mutilation to just the diagnoses that people like fucking Freud would try to make about the clit, like the pleasure from the clitoris does not exceed that of the vagina. And And, I'm always like, I
1: should know because I have a clitoris. Right. right. (laughs) The kind of hubris,
0: the kind of hubris you have to have to not have a fucking clitoris would be given lectures to bitches with them about what it does and what it feels like. Have (laughs) we crowned a
1: female Freud yet? I mean, I'm looking for, I can't wait for someone. I can't wait. What do you mean like someone with technique? The female Freud. I mean, to speak towards the danger of just being born a cishet male. Like- oh, <laughs> <laughs> to the point where we are just locking up in asylums. A lot of Cis pet males.
0: Yes. Because it's so different when I look at, like, my experiences, my friends' experiences, and their anxieties for, like, their first time. Where you're like, I'm so nervous. Am I going to be good? Is it going to be good enough? I need to do this entire checklist to make sure everything going to be working out because I don't want to be put out there, like, fucked up. And then, um, you know, you look at these movies, especially, that exemplify this culture, and you're just like... <laughs> Imagine Thomas and uh, Susanna's honeymoon. <laughs>
1: don't uh, the lackluster do honeymoon. Don't do that. Well we did that.
0: Like Ann Lister was trying to in one of her diary entries where she was like checking uh, up on herself, <laughs> her uh, nether's where she was attempting like she was attempting penetration on herself to be like, Well, right right, middle finger up here to see if this'll be good for Mrs. Barlow. But she was like it's not working for me. I mean it's hard to tickle yourself, I guess. I mean, yeah, well, it can be if you're not, I don't know that Ann Lister was feeling especially loose, given like okay. the tense feelings she had sometimes around that. But also, like, that's just biology. I think it's something like maybe 60 to 20 percent of women just don't have pleasure through vaginal penetration and then yada, yada, yada. So there's any number of reasons why she was like, oh, this isn't fun. But that was still her trying to do a practice test, a practice exam to say, you know what? I don't want to go into this situation, uh, you know, getting a C. (laughs) Right, right. I would like to get an A.
1: Right. So now imagine the anxiety of the virgin who's looking to break the ice, as it were, with someone who may be learned. It's like. Yes, I can have you do all the things to me. But what if I want to make sure I can do things? Did you study up? Was right. that something you did? Or were you just like, I mean, come what may? I mean, it's just part come of it. The- <laughs> okay. what <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, yeah. Those are, uh, si- those are anxieties that sort of still exist. Where it's like, you know what? I mm. should get out more. But at the same time, it's like, this is a lot of out. <laughs> 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 this is a lot of out. Maybe some things are worth waiting for. But I'm just you know random I have random thoughts about what romance could or should be but I would I think if I could redo I would I would be learned I would be, be learned. so learned <laughs> to the point where it's like yeah I could definitely make that happen yeah I
0: took the well not the Anlister approach that's not true because she was self experimenting just like I feel like she didn't have any place to grab and that's because she didn't have literature she didn't have the advent of like the 20th century and all the discoveries that people were starting to make there but I did the thing like books because that's, I mean, that's what I was my whole life. That was how I was raised. My mom was like, you want to know something? It's in a book. Right. Books. So I got some books. Videos, you know what one of those books images. was? Which was totally like not supposed to be gettable by me at the time. Remember Madonna's sex book? Oh, wow. <laughs> it was so risque. Wow. It was so risque, but I was curious. I was just sort of like, "What's going on in here?"
1: Did I say something wrong?
0: <laughs> Oops! I didn't know I couldn't talk about sex. <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> so yeah, no. So that was my attempt to not be caught out there. But then the time comes, and you're still
1: stressed the fuck yes.
0: out. Yes. Like I was like, "Damn!" I read like ten books, checked out the Kama Sutra, and I'm still here, like, stressed the fuck out,
1: Lord. Like, how am I? Is my breath okay? Um, <laughs> this, I listen. I think I'm I drink random. enough juice. Right. Right. <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I just feel like people have to stop. I keep running into it online. I wish I wouldn't run into it because I just like context. Right. Context, people. Context is key. God damn you. And as that continues where we were talking, I guess, yesterday about the idea of gender roles and, yad, 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 and how Ann Lister and Ann Walker may have subscribed to them. I feel those those conversations will become more relevant as the show ends and we move forward with all kinds of ideas. So for today's diary entries, we're mostly going to be living in one place, and that is the Gentleman Jack book by Ann Shoma, Gentleman Jack, the real Anne Lista, Because, um, well, it's obviously the companion tie-in for the show, and Nature's Domain and other books we've been referencing sort of stop right where we stopped. Oh, got me. it. So, right. And uh, Angela Steedle's book. I mean, it's there's some stuff to mention, but <laughs> maybe I will.
1: So, this is what about the time period of New Year's 33? Uh, like, so into
0: the new year. Okay. Where that's essentially what we'll be spending most of the time in the months of January and February.
1: Well, that's something that I guess doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't show. Only because the time period in which they were recording, was definitely not winter. So you don't get to imagine, you know, snowfall. You know what, that's, that's
0: got to be just the realities of shooting in yeah. a real place and right. also production costs. Because there is an entry that will come across when Ann Walker is going through it and is begging for analysts to come over. But, you know, there's a bunch of snow that has fallen and it's obscene. It's probably one of those things like when New York actually shuts oh, down yeah, uh-huh. because there's like nine feet and we don't know how to deal with snow over here. So she recorded that her aunt was basically like, Wait, ah! like she would have just freaked out, that. like just imagining and trying to jaunt in the right. tall snow.
1: But to it's see I can, right. Oh, poor aunt, poor elder aunt Lister. Like, I know <laughs> she's like, girl, to, to but, but you found See now, when you think of her falling off of a wall in the winter time, it's less of a stretch yeah so it's like i could see how adding certain elements would help but i also understand yes you're saying production right costs and them needing to shoot when they have the time to shoot and and they already did so much
0: especially because i mean we're dealing with these old ass institutions there's only so much you can do safely that you're not going to try to dump damaging i mean of course production to use fake snow but still you're just like fuck it like we'll just say it's real brisk <laughs> outside well they didn't even say that we don't i mean it just looks cold but that's my assumption because it's britain you right. know and it's I never it's like our, yeah. yeah it's never it's not the caribbean so i just get the general feels because everyone always has sleeves that it's probably <laughs> not it's probably not warm i guess another thing that's going to come up too in these entries now that i'm thinking about it is the concept of exhaustion, like emotional exhaustion, oh, and how someone how someone vents. And I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on it, because that is a choice that is made to a certain extent by Ann trauma, and I guess, I don't know, maybe Sally by an extended sort of thing. But she wrote the Gentleman Jack book to not focus so intensely on how often Ann Lister maybe expresses that she's over Ann Walker. She's over the issues. Oh, she wants to be off. Oh, she just wants to... Be done with it. Be rid of her, etc. And so I take that to mean that in contrast to maybe the other author, Angela, that they maybe read into it the same way that I do, that for my personal opinion, I'm just trying to think about like all the times that Anne Lister has said in her diaries that her diaries are how she how she vents, how she keeps sane, how she just like purges what's going on. And realistically, from what we talked about, how the back and forth of Ann Walker and what was happening there, that emotional exhaustion is real. And I think that it is healthy, especially because it was in a private manner, as far as we can tell, she was never outwardly cruel to Ann Walker, outwardly impatient in a way that would be harmful to her. That it's healthy, it's a healthy practice to vent wherever you can. If it's with words in your diary or maybe by physical activity. That it's not, it shouldn't necessarily indicate something nefarious or malevolent. What do you think?
1: No, I definitely agree. I mean, we all operate towards, we all are literally managing a pharmaceutical (sighs) of like hormones and emotions at like all times. So, depending on what um, areas in which we can. You know, get out certain stressors or to be able to relieve certain pressures. Like, I mean, that's the reason why these days we have these groups like the incels and magtows oh, now God. because they're just men just going their own <laughs> way right. and they're going <laughs> their own the way. Fire, yes, uh, <laughs> the lemmings shall all leap One off can the cliff. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's so we're just some people are just stuck without a way to just you know they don't have a. a open empty room that echoes that they could scream in so they're just holding all of that jaunt of chaos and you know unleashing it haphazardly when you know they can't keep it together i guess i don't know i mean
0: you know how we mentioned randomly
1: (laughs) about ann walker's terrors the movie
0: the haunting yes and remember how that character eleanor that was part of her trauma was that she obviously loved her mother her mother was sick for lots of years And she now had a type of PTSD with the banging that her mom would do on the wall with the stick every time she would wake her up. And so even though the reality of I love my mom, I want to be able to take care of her, someone has to, there's also the other side of this banging is driving me nuts and balancing the two that both exist at the same time.
1: I love you, but I'm tired. Mama, I'm tired. Yeah.
0: Right. And it's okay if you express that in a healthy manner. And to me, that just means like not in the person's direction, right?
1: Like, you know, not a mallet to the head or something.
0: Oh my God, a mallet (laughs) to the head, misery style to the ankles. Yeah, I don't know if you have any situations that can relate to that, but probably my biggest one would be like my little sister when she came out, when she was born and there were complications and things that were unexpected because of doctor negligence that resulted in her having to go to physical therapy for for ten years and side note like shout out to those extraordinary humans who can like believe with optimism and science that it will take it might take a decade and a half but you can get to a place that perhaps doctors are saying you can't get to but in that situation it was me that went with my mom every Saturday and sometimes other days during the week sometimes six a.m. for her to go and get this thing and if you know anything about physical therapy like it is a long process and yes. especially in the beginning it's very painful for the person. Because you don't want to do the thing that hurts and it's right. painful for the people who love the person because you don't want to see it. Right. And so a lot of times they'd be like, well, if you we can handle it, you got to get the fuck out. And so sometimes my mom would bounce depending on my sister's frustration I would stay. And like, depending on the day, maybe I wanted to watch Saturday cartoons and my mom would wake me up and I'd be like, oh. But at the same time, I knew I was emotional support for my sister and my mom, especially because my dad was like, I don't even know if I can handle this type of stress that's happening. Especially because there was like a lawsuit and all this stuff happening at the time. But that to me is because it was a a huge chunk of my childhood. Being a big sister, sister comes out and okay, there are these massive complications. And because of that wonderful woman, you couldn't even tell my sister has a disability now. She's done so many things. But that concept of just like it's repetitive and it's not always easy. And sometimes you can vent off to yourself. But that doesn't mean that the care and the time that you put in was less, was ingenuine in any sense.
1: Right. But, you know, depending on who's in need or looking for you to lean on in their time of need, um, it'll always appear on the inside of the storm that, you know, your support is only as strong as it was last able to support you. Uh, So if they feel like during their immediate turmoil that you're not there, they will feel they'll throw all of the history to the wind and just say, well, but you're not here now, so whatever.
0: Yeah, as I said before, I'm not going to quote Angela's book for any of the section because, quite frankly, it's like a paragraph in between what we covered last episode and...
1: <laughs> a whole I mean, paragraph? It's, it's, like I said, she covers a lot. <laughs> she covers a lot.
0: So I guess you got to squish where you can squish. Right, but right. Yeah, so in Blame Gentleman the Jack, drag- The Real End Lister, it's like a whole chapter so that's where we're gonna be and the title of this chapter is miss walker's departure Catherine rawson and plans for getting off chapter nine
1: i like that title
0: starts out with a bit of latin a latin quote that in english means truth is great and will prevail and so the chapter starts out saying 1833 began badly (laughs) oh no yeah on new year's day and reported that quote poor old glandered ball her beloved shaft horse was to be shot Pickles put an end to his suffering as Anne looked on. And she wrote in her diary on the 1st of January, 1833, the poor horse had but a few of those faint convulsive movements and soon died, surely without having been considered in much pain. He was soon covered up where he fell. Oh, no. That sucks.
1: How do you start, you just start out the gate with a death? I I can't. Yeah, it's
0: not. (laughs) For those people that got like, older aunties or whatever who are superstitious sometimes like that's it's not a good omen no and it, so
1: that would add to elder and lister's anxieties, like
0: poor elder Anne.
1: she's got, she's got
0: enough stress going on and so Anchoma writes that and lister remained preoccupied with miss walker's declining mental health indeed there had been a hint in her final diary entry of 1832 that we read last night cap and would not be easily gone and forgotten, as Ann Lister had claimed. Quote, This girl, without ever really having my esteem or affection, somehow or another, unhinges me when I see her. Written on the 31st of December in 1832. And now in the weeks of 1833, it was becoming clear to those around Ann Walker that an effective form of specialized medical treatment needed to be found. Her anxiety was compounded by periods of insomnia, and when she was able to sleep, night terrors. And they have a small section of a letter that Ann Lister wrote to Steph Belcombe, on the 6th of January saying I never exactly understood before what nervousness meant and God grant that I may know no more of it any case which concerns me much. It is dreary to combat sickness without disease and misery without reason.
1: You know you reading that just really brought to mind wow my brush with night terrors which are a little different than nightmares Ah yes (laughs) Yes they are Mm -hmm. Do you want to share? Is this, is this i you saying you only i i know <laughs> i mean no. like i'm back there but i don't yeah, want to I share don't, right that's that's mm. just not a fun place trauma is not ever really fun to ever try to go back to revisit especially when you think that you've done all the digging that you can do and then you find something new and it's like oh well that needs to be explored and amplified just to make sure that you get it all out sure um but yeah um shout out to therapy and you know whatever really? people can can Any, do
0: everyone can benefit from therapy just a little plug there right self-love is, is, is what we all need to participate in and that includes mental health love. yes and yes. living in this goddamn patriarchal nonsense society the best believe. how are we still <laughs> trusting men after all these years
1: like I, this is i just don't get it where are my marauders I, I we're just, just... <laughs> stressed out because we're getting
0: closer to election time for us here in America and things are looking
1: real, real fucked up. Lord, I mean, I, don't, I mean, uh, they say a blue wave is coming, but we'll see. I need more than that. I need. Yeah, we'll see.
0: So among the things Anne writes about Anne Walker is that she was suffering from a complete mental breakdown, symptoms of obsessive compulsion and agoraphobia accompanied by her bouts of mania. The successive deaths of her lover and friend, not many years after the loss of her parents and brother, had taken their toll on an already fragile state. Oh, yeah. Dr. Sunderland's precise of her symptoms was some little excitement of the mind, was either euphemistic or a severe understatement. And that's very true about anne Like we said, she had a lot of death in her family, really close, from her parents to her siblings, and I mean, death is intense. How old were you when you have your first memory of death?
1: Um young i wonder if it was a movie based first
0: oh so let me let me switch that real life death that you understood or that you can remember because sometimes you go to funerals when you're a kid and you just don't even oh yeah so
1: no it wasn't a funeral it was more like i went to visit a housing project that my grandmother lived in and the kids in the lobby was like hey uh you want to see a dead body (laughs) what the fuck that's a real thing and then when people reference it it's like Like, did that happen to them too? I always thought it was a common thing, but I don't know if it was in a movie or something, or something, but almost word for word to the point where you saw a bag and it looked like there was a decapitated head in this bag. What the fuck? And right. Right. how old were you, you I saw? had to be what maybe so up to six the most a
0: head bag a head and a body bag. bag oh was it just a head and bag head bag and a body bag the
1: understanding that a body was close. oh what to, close the by? hell what and if so somebody like,
0: was just trolling you well was there anybody nearby to was make like, it seem like if there's... I needed to
1: walk this pathway to get to like a grocery store It was like well it's time to reroute <laughs> and get to that grocery store another way it was one wow. of those kind of situations And that's rough yeah that's
0: yeah. rough wow wow For me, let me think. For me, my first real experience with death that I can recall, because I know that there were family members that lost, because my family's huge, um, and they're internationally based. That there were things of like older matriarchs and patriarchs that passed away when I was younger, but didn't stick. But for my my first stick was my godmother who passed away from cancer in the '90s when I was like 11. In those times that cancer just took you the fuck out in a really quick succession so you don't even know how to handle what just happened in your little brain
1: right
0: and it was worse because cancer destroys the body
1: yeah you look really like
0: yeah that's what that's what I didn't like I don't particularly care for wakes or funeral well well, you gotta look at the the thing I would rather not I mean I just don't want to
1: for like the familial unit I haven't experienced my first cancer death until just this year and watching the whole hospice transition it's it's rough because it it Damn. looks like it starts slow but then it just speeds up. I it's- mean thankfully
0: there's a lot of there's been a lot of medical advancements in keeping people alive. But you know, it's still a disease that <laughs> destroys the body, man. And if you gotta watch somebody go through that, it's not fun. And just that's what sticks out for me is because it was so fast. I've had other extended family members and people I've known also passed from cancer, but it wasn't as quick a process of sort of like, hey, Candace, this is what's happening. And then boom, hospital, and then you're at the funeral. Like it just felt like a blink. Even when I think about it now, I'm just like, I have no concept of time in that space. And so it was very jarring to just sort of be like, oh, I can't imagine being Ann Walker and feeling that at a young age and then having it hit again, 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 where everyone who's supposed to be grounding you whether or not they're perfect or not, your parents and your brother, especially with her brother being the last one, with Naples, Ooh. he would have been the one looking out for her, making sure she was cared for. Hopefully, that no one was creeping around like a bastard or trying to take advantage of her. And once her brothers out the game, Ann Walker is essentially abandoned for good because of her sister being married and and stressed all stressed out, yeah. So that that death and her the fixation she's had on it, or feeling like judged or guilty, or like death, like the the idea of death just around you because you have bad vibes, it makes a whole lot of sense that this is something that Ann Walker was dealing with.
1: Right. And so even though I said I wasn't going to talk about my trauma, it's oh. almost exactly the same thing, but not with it being around the family dying. It was like, yeah, this is a lot to admit. Okay. um, There's... I can count on maybe two fingers how many people are still alive of this realm that I have done intimate jaunts with. Oh. Like, it's like that weird Shatner syndrome. I don't know what to call it, but you have this random love interest, 30 minutes later, they have the paint, like, for some reason. And so there is a point where you will mentally feel that everything you touch goes towards, you know... The, the the wasting ways so i could get that and i could get her not wanting to lose and then for her to outlive see there's a lot there's a lot right for her to outlive and for her to outlive and right. it just hurts even yes. more
0: yes <laughs> that knowing that she had no cuddle buddy to help her through those dark nights it just i mm
1: it's a lot this is it's a lot
0: it really is and just i'm overflowing with empathy for you for ann walker and of course everyone in the world like an ann walker who just feels trapped in grief and torment and can't see a way out um ann shoma continues in this part with miss walker pointed to a want of confidence in god at the root of her own illness, a fixation on her sins in the Lord's word characterized her melancholy, now as in past patches of ill health. On the 8th of January, she pleaded with Anne to pray for her immortal soul. Quote, it is not only death in this world, but a far worse death that I fear, she wrote. If ever the prayers of a so true friend may avail for another, may yours be heard for me this night, that the gate of mercy may not be forever closed upon me, for I am wretchedness itself. So that is where the inspiration comes from. that letter we saw what she gets when before
1: she jumps off to Crow that is a a way to self identify and like to believe that to say this one thing but to I know that she believed it it's really hard to you could I don't know it's oozing with the the fight this turmoil this battle and it's that thing
0: too of not wanting to be a burden but you can't help and you're a burden do you know, like, you don't want to put people out but at the same time if you need someone and you say it, you're just like, I can't help but say this. I can't help but express this, even though I feel like by the very expression of this, I'm risking you in this situation by showing you just how much I need you and just how much I am unprepared for the situation to handle it by myself. And that's essentially what Anne Choma keeps talking about in this chapter about Anne Lister finding herself caught between the exhaustion of the, quote, melodrama, That was happening at Lydgate and her instinct to protect the woman whose vulnerability continued to unhinge her. They have an example of Miss Walker talking bitterly of repenting, having made the earlier promise to Anne. A promise made from, quote, bad motive and only from, quote, the fear of being left. And Anne Lister's response to this was sympathetic. Quote, be assured of my saying and doing everything in the world I can to cheer and console you. And as we had mentioned, I think in a couple episodes back, that Anne Lister was... She oscillated back and forth from her attempts at how she was dealing with Anne's suffering. And as the weeks doled on, she would be more blunt with her at different times by just saying, like, this quote here, she labored under mental delusions. Like, like this isn't real. The spirits are fake. Let me try that. And Walker's like, yeah, it's not working. <laughs> it's not working, babe. She instructed Anne Walker to keep a bowl of gruel by her bedside, to be kept hot up, and to be taken on awakening in the night. And of course, like we saw on the show, advised that the striking weight be taken out of the clock to avoid waking her in the early hours of the morning. On the 12th of January, 1833, Ann Lister wrote that Anne Walker had told her, It is these hours of the night I so much dread, and they make me feel afraid of going to bed. And <laughs> That rhymed. Oh, my very dear friend, if I could have more faith, it would enable me to support better other afflictions.
1: So Anne Walker reaching for her faith,
0: as she is known to do, to try and pull her out of these fucking doughfuls.
1: I feel like this is the kind of experience that would either drive someone Further into their uh, spiritual beliefs, or drive them out of it quickly. Right, drive them right out of the house Mm -hmm. because what you want is an answer, not a parable. So it's like, will like, will you be delivered? Will you see this as some sort of test or a game? like it's all about your frame of mind like are you really going to cast your worries aside this has been an extended period of weeks and then when you also factor in the weather like there's just a lot to feel like you know death is really right looming it's just looming looming. yeah like you hear like the the draft you hear it but now you can understand that you're supposed to feel it as well your mind can play tricks on you right
0: like perfect setting it's like if you watch a horror movie, but it's dark and other things are happening outside, it'll just amplify what's happening yes. in your brain, what's happening in nature, of course. And they have a also on January 11th, or excuse me, on January 11th, there's a entry in Ann Lister's Diaries where they talk about, so you know how we see her in the show saying the Lord's Prayer when she's really upset? So that was evidently something that Ann Lister suggested that she do to try and center herself. And so this entry reads: Talked and reasoned calmly, then turned and pretended to sleep. She refused all affection and I did not press it. She scarcely, I think, closed her eyes until after 3, when I bade her say the Lord's prayer incessantly until I think she dropped off into a doze for a little while. She in the room and bed smelt of Mr. Day's turpentine ointment. I could sleep no better than usual and longed to be once more credibly free from all this. Whew. No cuddles that night, which I'm sure did not help. And so Anne Chomer continues after she excerpts this entry, saying, Fearing that she was approaching death, Anne Walker begged Anne Lister to read extracts of the Bible aloud. and selected and paraphrased the 10th of St. Matthew, but it seemed that Anne Walker was unable to be reached by its message of resilience and healing. Instead, she preferred to cast herself as the subject of Genesis Epistle St. James 1-6, whose lack of absolute faith in the Lord's ability to heal destined them to be cast adrift. Driven and tossed by the wind like a wave in the sea. I'm going to need them to read the New Testament. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she, but it's one of those things where like her bias against herself is being reinforced by the text. So she's like, I could read this thing that analysts are suggesting, but actually this other thing feeds into what I already think about myself. So I'm going to focus on that. It's all in the same book. (laughs) And there's a note here that on the 8th of January, Anne made a note that she thinks her beside herself. While on the 14th she wrote, it is evident I do her more good and have far more influence than anyone. Which, yeah, obviously. And then she has also another excerpt here from the 1st of January, right after New Year's, where she says, and this, of course, we have gone over for this inspiration in the last episode. Seeing her always unhinges me. I was low and in tears at dinner and could not get her out of my head. And why? For if I had her, what could I do with her? Cause you are in love, girl. That's yes. why. That's exactly what the yes. fuck happened when someone is upsetting you and you're like, why am I like why am I even? That's that's why. There's a mention of the Reverend Ainsworth continuing to write, and it's like, what the-? Why? It's the new year, bitch. Really? Anne Choma writes, following a thinly veiled threat to expose his adultery if he continued to communicate with Anne, which we saw that to effect. In the previous episode, it was Anne Lister to whom his long rigmarole letters were addressed. His feeble promise, quote, will not intrude on Miss Walker again. He said he hoped he would not further from vanity expose him as her own character might suffer. Mm-hmm. Confirmed Anne's conviction that he was a spineless scoundrel quote, I assure you of the pardon you desire and that whatever confidence has been placed in me will not be abused, she replied simply. So he was there worried about his reputation like, so hey, um, you're not gonna be talking that shit, hopefully, to your friends, your little fucking My friends. God. He's had, a loser. He's a bastard.
1: We had an understanding, just kind of Just fuck all the way off. Right. Don't write any more letters. Go. God. I wish I knew a good Bible book to suggest to someone who's going through what she's going through, but I can't I'm not that versed <laughs> at this stage of my life, but it looks like James is in the new. But but she skipped all the other stuff to come right here. That just no, that's
0: I, what I mean. Like she, <laughs> it's wild. She was like, "Fuck all the good stuff. Give me that scripture right there." And something else that comes across in the diaries and the books, or at least in this book by Ann Choma. Is that this idea of going to Scotland was also an Anne Lister idea in a certain kind of sense because she felt very despaired with Anne Walker and didn't know what to do and it was, you know, getting to these levels where it's like, Hey, we gotta we gotta go to a doctor. So if this isn't happening, perhaps the best thing is for you to go to Scotland and just try to figure it out and get healthy and get better. And there's a note here that Captain Sutherland on the eleventh of January informed Anne Lister that Miss Walker had written to her brother in law in Scotland herself. And he was acutely concerned by the tone of Anne's latest letter. Quote, I am apprehensive she is in a more delicate state of health than we had any idea of, as it is evidently written under a feeling of gloomy despondency, he told Anne, asking for more details of Miss Walker's affliction. It will confer a great obligation on me if you would kindly give me your candid opinion as to its nature. And she writes that Anne responded immediately and advised the captain not to bring his wife, who was in a delicate state of health because, you know, the babies and nursing, plus the kid with the measles. So don't bring her on that long journey. And she also suggested that he should not tell the purpose of the journey to Ann Walker prior to actually getting there, but that no time should be lost, direct quote. And this is something wrote sure on the 11th of January. No occasion for Mr. Sutherland's coming. Your coming on the plea of business will be quite enough. As I dare say you, will have no difficulty in persuading Miss Walker to return with you. But would you like Mr. Belcombe to be written to and consulted in the meantime? Then whom I know of no one on every account more likely to be of service. He is certainly a great favorite with Miss Walker and would probably have more influence than any medical man she at present knows. My own confidence in him is great. So that's still trying to give her heavy handed advice that no one, I guess, wants to take. Of like, can we go back to Steph Belcombe, please? She likes the doctor. Like, can we do that? But we know that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, instead we get the, he's taking her to see a lady's physician.
0: (sighs) Oh, God. (laughs) My nightmares. (laughs) Jeez, it's It's like like a fucking horror film. This
1: man must know better because, you know, he studies ladies. And who would know ladies better than a man who studies ladies? No, no.
0: (laughs) Must purge those lady doctors. I just... God. And so there's also notes that Ann makes from the diaries that at the same time that this was happening and Captain Sutherland was making his way down to Halifax to retrieve Miss Walker, that Ann Lister found some time to return back to business as usual at Shibden, which usually involves making some shit, redoing, refurbishing, crafting. And so she commissioned a local cabinet maker to craft her a new writing box. And because she's Ann Lister, she became keenly interested in timber. Which, I just gotta say, Ann Lister, that's pretty fucking gay. (laughs)
2: That's
0: pretty fucking gay. Why don't you just grab Marion's motherfucking plaid, bitch? Head outside and start chopping wood.
1: Okay, new fan art alert, right?
0: (laughs) Right? Oh, my God. I don't even know if that exists, because I know there's so many wonderful people online doing fan art. We're not online enough to know what exists already, but if it doesn't, can someone do limber?
1: Limber. Lumberjack and... right? Or, or just find, I don't know, Sophie Garnel, but with like a plaid shirt and then just send that to me. Like sweaty, dirty <laughs> Anne, like we like to
0: see, just like trying to get her fails out by doing man's work. And Anchoma writes that she was typically exacting about the piece of furniture, giving Greenwood her, quote, patent rosewood cased ink bottle as a model for the ink stand place in my new writing box. That was written on the 31st of January, and work on the estate was progressing steadily. On one occasion, Anne's hands-on approach to the improvements ended with her submerged in the freezing water of the Red Beck. Quote, and this is from an entry on the 18th of January, Cutting and pruning in Lower Brook Wood in James Smith's home cut longish elder there. It fell across the brook and in trying to walk over it, slipped off into the water and got wet halfway above my knees to hips or more.
1: No. Ew. And no. You said ew. It's ew and no because it's January. So you just have to imagine. Oh. Yes. See? Um, The application. I've I've been brought back. It's time to go home. Straight home. We got another goddamn cold after that. My petticoats, see, that's a, oh, no.
0: I would have died. Uh, okay. I, my name is Gas. I can't deal with the cold. I'm just, it's a wrap. It's like I want to go to Antarctica by the same time I want to live. So <laughs> the furthest it's been is, like, Alaska, and that was difficult enough. So there's notes that at the top of the estate, hundreds of tons of earth were being moved by hand to accommodate the building of a new road through the trail of Boland Wood. And as her men continued to dig and excavate and shore up the land, Ann Lister revealed another grand plan to Pickles. Oh, God, I just flashed back to your motherfucking Pickles accent.
1: I mean, if we need him <laughs> to read an entry, you know.
0: God! <laughs> <laughs> so, this is what we already said. Actually, okay, so this is exactly about what we were talking about when you were doing the deleted scene voice that she wanted to create a miniature replica of the Simplon Pass, which is a bridge she admired during her trip to the Swiss Alps. Right. And the bridge survives today as a testament to Pickles'
1: team and Ann Lister's vision. Oh! <laughs> It's almost like she knew what she was talking about. Sorry. I just... I'm singing.
0: (coughs) Woo. Anne also writes that the Scotch plan, as it was called, her going to Scotland agreed with her family, and Anne Lister convinced Anne Walker to consent to her stay in Inverness. She was honest with Anne about what the separation would mean for their relationship and that their contact must be limited and discreet. And this is from an entry on the 22nd of January. Thought she had better not write to me, better not begin in correspondence. I could hear of her from her sister. For being abroad and uncertain of the fate of letters, must be careful. Must begin with, my dear Miss Walker, and end with, very truly yours. She said she would do whatever I liked, but had said before she would rather write to me than anybody. Oh, no! Poor Ann Walker. So, I mean, this makes sense. She's like, girl, we can't be writing super sapphic letters, because what if somebody intercepts that shit? This has happened to me before, and I'm not trying to be on some drama. But then also, sad Ann Walker, just like, okay. I mean, I want to write you letters, but Okay. I don't want to write anyone else letters, but okay. <sighs> it also says that Anne Walker gave a hopeless plea to travel with Ann Lister in Europe and that Ann replied as sensitively as she could. Also from the 22nd of January. Told her the time for that was gone by for the moment. So that's a call back to the scene we saw with her and Catherine before Catherine gets the fuck out. But if in a year's time she thought she could not live without me, then she must send for me back again. This giving her hope that all is not or needs to be quite at an end between us. So, she's like, well if you, if in a year you still want to be with me, you know send for me. (laughs) Send for me! Let me know!
1: Isn't it weird because it's like that, you know, before the hysterics there was the, I just need some time to figure out stuff. But now that we're in the Duffles and the the bleakness of winter. It's like, well, I want to kind of stay with you, and it's like, well, no, I want to make sure that it's what you really want, and not right. just because you're feeling sad right now. So it's true. It's, it's true. It's like they're both both of these figurines are never on the top of the cake at the same time. It's one always always trying to pull the other up. Right. And Angela writes that in private, Anne's hopes for Miss
0: Walker's recovery were weak. Quote: Poor soul. Her mental misery must be great feeling as she says it is all over she has no hope of being saved oh and she continues that she was relieved when ann walker submitted to the plan which would take her away from the quote evil spirit she was still encountering at Lydgate. miss walker became resigned to her fate understanding that scotland at least for the next few months was going to be home for her and so after this began to a little bit of what i was saying that because it's a longer period of time than what it seems like in the episode that a curious byproduct of miss walker's illness was the friendship that formed between ann lister and Catherine rawson Catherine's poor opinion of Anne had altered significantly on witnessing her tender care of Anne Walker firsthand at Lydgate. And so we have an entry here from the 2nd of February where she writes, Miss R said she used to think me all that was disagreeable and how wrong she was. She said what good I had done her and wept over the injustice she felt she had done me. So actual tears, like we get in the scene, which, again, I don't know how you could see the patience of Anne Lister when fucking Catherine, who's in her goddamn family, certainly has been around longer. Well as close to Ann Walker and she right. can't handle it she's like she I'm spooked cannot. I can't deal with it I don't know
1: what to do I'm scared I want to make like Miss Park Hill and leave
0: and then she has Ann was intrigued by Catherine's loan to her of Humphrey Davies consolations in traveling or The Last Days of a Philosopher finding herself perplexed by the scientist's anti-empirical approach to life. Davy had made landmark discoveries in electrochemistry. His work was, yes, interestingly, quote, more philosophical than thoughtful, more imaginative than demonstrable. (laughs) From the pen of a man whose mind was led by scientific interest. And to Catherine, Anne gifted a bespoke seal. They out here trading gifts? They're like... (laughs) Catherine's like, listen, I thought you were the most dangerous fan and the worst enemy because I heard some things, but I realized I was a horrible person, and you're actually a great person, so let's give it's like Secret Santa, except there's no secrets, and it's not Christmas. Christmas just passed, but we're still giving out gifts. And so Anne gives her a motto, and it was in French, and had the following words, More than human, the teacher makes the devil turn preacher, and good stead of evil fulfill, when in scandals, despite, he bids Catherine do right, the serpent tribe hiss as it will. And Anchoma writes that the motto encouraged Miss Rawson to do good and put her trust in God. Here, girl, don't put your trust in Mrs. Priestley. Okay, Cause she is just a bitter hater of Halifax.
1: I still am angry that I've yet to read of her coming to visit her on the property mm. to see how she's doing. She's right there. She's she, the other not Yeah, she, she wants to pop involved. in <laughs> any other day, right? So hey, you just pop in. <laughs>
0: God. <laughs> it says that trusting Ann Lister, Catherine was happy to collude with the scotch plan and was asked not to reveal the nature of her cousin's illness to the wider network of their relatives, which, of course, we see Ann Lister say things to that effect in the last episode. And that in the interim, Ann had also been consulting with Dr. Belcombe for, well, yeah, it looks like a sleeping agent for Ann Walker, where he prescribed take a tincture of henbane, 40 drops, laudanum, six drops of white poppies cinnamon and nutmeg water one ounce makes it make a draft to be taken at bedtime and well <laughs> i feel like that didn't work a guy i feel like that's <laughs> it wasn't
1: working like was that making the condition worse? i don't uh, i it just...
0: don't it probably gave her a tummy egg it probably wasn't working right with her gastrointestinal situation i just don't know how helpful the tincture or the nutmeg water Right. Was for sleep. Like, is there, is nutmeg supposed to make you sleepy? I don't know. I just, it feels, it sounds it's like. It's going be like
1: 18th century physicians used to believe. Like, uh, is that your way of saying that 18th century physicians were stupid or that they just understood the. Ignorant as hell. You know, I just.
0: Okay. So this is the note about like the weather because it continues that Miss Walker would have to wait to receive the prescription. So, well, <laughs> there we go. She didn't have it for it to work. For heavy snow had begun to fall at Shibden by the end of January. And when Ann Lister was begged by Ann Walker to go and spend the night with her, Ann was unable to. So that's what I was talking about earlier. Who knew? Having been kept indoors by Aunt Ann, who had made... (laughs) (laughs) Who had had made herself... (laughs) Crow's (laughs) desk! Yes. Because the quote here is wretched. She had made herself wretched. Thinking about the prospect of her niece attempting the walk up to Lightcliff, 31st of January. It continues that Anne Walker's distress at the prospect of a night without Anne Lister was stifling. And from the entry, okay, so this is from Anne Walker writing to Anne Lister I will try to get over the night tolerably and pray that the ill I fear may not come upon me, but it is very difficult without you. How I long to see you, yours faithfully and affectionately forever. Oh. And then Anne writes, from her perspective, poor soul, she is quite beside herself, and I cannot stand all this long. So evidently the snow fell from four in the afternoon until 11 at night. So good amount of snow. That
1: is a lot of snow.
0: I doubt the shoveling apparatus could lead to
1: expedient snow removal. So that's Elder and Younger Booth and the rest of the hands. Yeah, no, it's the, it's these the service. poor little kids.
0: Oh my God, the ferals. We're shoveling the stuff. <laughs> 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 oh my God, you know they got Harry out there too. Oh. Man. <laughs> he had the tooth. He got he he to got arm keep. He could still do stuff. He has arms. You know, oh. And Lister was like, don't don't let him feel like he can't be of use. He has arms. Oh, he I can, can use see stuff. that. <laughs> you could see? You could see it. Oh, my gosh. And that it was like five degrees Celsius or 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Whoa, that's cold. That's cold. There's also a mention in this chapter that evidently Elizabeth Sutherland, Ann Walker's sister, suggested to Ann Lister that Ann Lister bring Ann Walker herself to Scotland. And she was like, bitch, what? she was mad about it she was like how dare you suggest that i bring her to scotland like do you know what kind of trip that is you know how expensive that is i can't believe you and so they have a a portion of what elizabeth wrote on the first of february as for the reduced state in which our own little boy is not having yet recovered the use of his limbs oh says sackville sick he would feel reluctant to be absent for the greater length of time then it's absolutely necessary. It would confer a lasting obligation. Wishes to consult Doctor Abercrombie in Edinburgh. No mention or allusion to Doctor Belcombe. Okay, so this was Anne writing in her diaries. She's essentially saying, like, listen, my son is sick. It would be cool if like my baby daddy could stay here. His dad. Although I'm like, does he is Captain Sutherland even attending <laughs> to the son or is he just there he's for moral not. support?
1: He wouldn't know what to do. I don't think he's a doctor. I think he's just um a, a regular businessman who leaves those kinds of things to medical attendees or like help. I'm sure. Oh yeah. He did, he did a lot of standing around from what I saw. So maybe he's effective at standing. Yeah.
0: So, and Choma writes that Anne Lister's reaction reflected the emotional price she felt she had paid throughout her relationship with Miss Walker, as well as the potential expense of the trip. Quote, pretty journey I should have and must have been paid for into the bargain. No, no. Surely I do not deserve to pay so dearly for my folly. And she continues that Anne made her position clear. She would not be making the arduous 300-mile carriage journey to Edinburgh. (laughs) 300 miles in a carriage, Lord! My back hurts just thinking about it. And my butt. Because, no.
1: Yeah, that's... Mm -mm
0: no 100. that's a lot poor ann walker she really got back problems she gonna be in the carriage for 300 miles Gosh, and so she writes, "My dear Mrs. Sutherland, I have this moment received your letter. It would have given me great pleasure to have been able to be of the smallest service to you in any way. And in this particular instance, it would have been the greatest satisfaction to me to have had it in my power to accompany Miss Walker to Edinburgh. But I am really sorry that my leaving home just at present is utterly impossible. Had not the urgency of my various engagements detained me, I should have been already on my way back to the continent." She's like, "Girl, I can't. Matter of fact, I should be traveling right now." And you want me to travel 300 miles in adult fool's and a shitty carriage ride just to leave what I thought would be my wife with y'all. I can't do that because then I have that bitter 300 miles back before I can even get to where I'm trying to go, which is in the opposite direction.
1: So, well. And I'm trying to, like, all right. So me taking a bus for 300 miles. No, no, no. All right. So. From New York to Arlington is about two hundred fifty miles, and that's that's Whoa. a lot. So that's puts in perspective, oh, damn. right? And then wait, and we're going so that's speeds, New York to Virginia, right? That's that's us going speeds of upwards to maybe fifty I can't sixty live that life. an hour. Now these horses is not steadily going sixty miles.
0: Okay, <laughs> so I hope not. Those babies need to rest, right? Give them a carrot, piece of apple, right? So you are like if
1: you're going to. 15 to 20 miles an hour so like, that's a
0: lot right. I need to re-up on my gin excuse me look at me being the Terrence pilastri of this episode oh I said <laughs> killing <laughs> e reference. whoa too much gin what's for Candice <laughs> what's, what's a Pelastre? what's a
1: ooh, ooh, ooh! you just knocked it back I did <laughs> <laughs> ah. oh lord at 20 miles per hour that is like almost a 13 hour trip i can't I can't a not so the five minute water should be the bigger portion it should be this is the remix i totally put too much gin in mine just <laughs> right. now and i was like oh well
0: right. <laughs> that's how you know you're already gone when you see that something's not the measurement but you can't be bothered to fix it right Ooh. i was
1: well, like mm, well.
0: getting wavy here in the studio <laughs> good lord but this uh, tonic, what was it, like some Brooklyn brand that we were given, but it's good. I like it.
1: Yeah, this tonic was is amazing. Okay.
0: But then Ann Choma writes that, in truth, foreign travel seemed more distant than ever. With her aunt's health still fragile, Ann Lister could not anticipate leaving Shivden before the summertime, actually. And that a visit to Mariana Lawton in Lemington seemed more likely. Oh, what fun! A visit to Mariana, because why not? Why not get down with your local grubble when you can't get off the continent? It says that Mariana wrote that, I have rather a fancy for going to town with you to have my teeth looked at. So I guess a uh, dentist visit?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hope that that's a dental thing and not like something else. <laughs> what? You just made me think of that movie, the movie Teeth, but it was about like a misandry badge. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just... I mean, Lady Gaga has a song called Show Me Your Teeth. Oh, boy. I'm just i just saying. <laughs>
0: Uh, it also says that Mariana still believed that Ann Lister was holding out for her husband's death and the opportunity would afford for them to live together. I just like the way Mariana just keeps expecting her to take these leftovers. You know like, what I'm saying? Can you
1: imagine? Like I'm Damn. totally in this relationship, but I really do like having you around as a fan and a friend and you know, maybe one day we could just be. You she's know. like when Charles dies. Right, when Charles dies, obviously. So let me, you know, sew I my just, oats where uh, I am, and then you know, you just wait. She's for not me. even sewing oats. She <laughs> wants to sew it with Charles
0: because Charles is annoying. But I just like the ex. The expectancy—it's just wild. Like you know, she's lonely. You know, she has problems. That's why she's constantly trying to get back on the grubbles. And you're still like, well, I'm I'm sure she's good with waiting till Charles dies. I'm sure with her fucking cracked glass. But Sally was like, she got to stuff some newspaper with some fabric in the hole in the glass while Mariana's living in splendor. I mm, let me not go off into that tangent because there's plenty of time for that in the next coming episodes.
1: Oh Lord, is that where we're going after this? I mean, oh, it's episode that... seven. You
0: saw, you saw in this past episode she wrote to Mariana, so she, yeah. we will be seeing Mariana in the next episode. Don't you remember the preview? Oh, She's right there. Uh, She's right there. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, sorry.
1: I'm sorry.
0: I'm <laughs> sorry but Lydia Leonard does play her spectacularly. So at least you have that to look forward to. So after she says that, that she believed Anne was still holding out for her husband's death, (laughs) apparently this is why they say that Mariana's with her constant updates. But like I said to you, if the update isn't that he is now dying from cholera, if he doesn't have, you know, dysentery or something, like (laughs) why are you giving updates? So it's like reporting that, quote, Charles' constitution stronger than ever, though not his mind, and he is more likely to live 20 years... Then two years ago, he was to live as many months. And that Mariana warned Anne against, quote, dwelling too intently upon an event which, to me, every year seems less likely to happen. What the fuck, Mariana? What the fuck, Mariana? What? I. So what is... She is so fucked up. She's so rude.
1: Well, this is the reason why we so got that picture of her that we did with the Are We Doing This and her... So, so what, what, like, this is... Oh.
0: <laughs> I can't believe this, hoe. I can't believe she writes to Anne like this. Oh, so listen, Charles, I remember I thought he was going to live two months. Bitch, add 20. Add a zero. 20 years. I know he's old as fuck, but I really think he's going to last. And you know what? Don't get your hopes up. I mean, I know you probably still got your hopes up because I want you to have your hopes up, but you probably shouldn't have your hopes up that what we're trying to do, or what you're trying to do, actually, is going to happen anytime soon. I just... It's fucked up.
1: Oh. no I, like, i'm 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 at a loss for words because i mean not to put anybody on blast but there was a co-worker of mine who received a big display of flowers at work for someone she definitely w- wants to be around just as a friend and everybody was trying to figure out who's gonna keep the flowers <laughs> and i'm like you don't need to have somebody at your doorstep like this with all this um Jaunt in their step for you, and you have no jaunt for them whatsoever. No jaunt. jaunt. Now I'm trying to imagine having jaunt for someone, but it being poor timing, but you want to keep them around for when your current jaunt falls up. Like, do you want to be in the relationship that you're in? I guess in this case, there's agency to consider maybe you cannot be someone who wants a divorce and be a lady and you know like divorce in these times right but i
0: i guess it's just i mean of course we understand all the reasons why women would have a really long list of issues and reasons why they end up in these shitty marriages we know that unfortunately throughout the history of time that there's been countless number of queer ladies and had relationships that they maybe did not want to be in for any number of reasons. But at the same time, I'm just saying, like like we mentioned in the last episode, Felice and Lily from the German story in the movie I was talking about, where that's a real life story. And so logic, logic, like logic says for a lot of people, is that this is the safe choice. This is the better choice. This is the choice that keeps you alive. This is the choice that keeps you this. But then there are those other people. There are some people evidently who are like, I'm not choosing the safe thing. I'm not choosing the thing that will guarantee long life. I'm choosing the thing that will guarantee happiness. I'm choosing the thing that will guarantee love. And for however short or long it is, it's worth the risk. And Mariana at the end of the day, is not that person. Not the person who wants to risk it all for love. Because if she was, wouldn't she have risked it all already? A long
1: time ago. And even again. so, she has
0: had plenty of time to risk it again and again. She could leave Charles right the fuck now. But instead she's like, listen, Charles is healthy. He's doing well. Anne writes, in reality, Anne was dwelling on nothing of the kind. <laughs> it's true, because she was, she was preoccupied entirely with Anne Walker. And from an excerpt on the 2nd of February in 1833, Ann Lister writes, Well, I am reconciled and happy and thankful. Quite assured that Providence orders all things wisely. Girl, when it comes to Mariana, hell yeah. I didn't
1: know if you were going to say anything. Oh No, I'm just going to leave that alone. (laughs) It's a lot. I could hope to be this audacious one day. No, I can't. I don't don't see uh, me with that kind of jaw in my step.
0: Listen, my side piece,
1: you side piece,
0: (laughs) you will move into the position of main piece. Just like TBD, maybe 20 years from now, even though it's been like 20 years already. Like, that's just a lot. Okay, so also something that evidently happened in this. mm -hmm, I saw you take a tip of that that jam. But yes, also in this time, evidently, Ann Walker suggested that they burn a souvenir of their engagement, which, of course, is the purse with a yes note in it. (laughs) But that she, in true Ann Walker fashion, when it was time to burn, it was like, I don't know (laughs) Uh, because she's adorable. And so there's an entry from the 9th of February that reads, Then above half an hour in Miss W's room, hesitating whether to burn the purse or not, she not liking to see me do it. At last threw it into her fire, purse and yes in it. I glad enough to get rid of anything like a tie. She seemed, after all, very composed after it and went quietly back to my room. So they burned that dastardly purse. (laughs) It also talks about how they were having sermons in the home for Ann Walker versus church, which was a deliberate moved by Lister to keep her away from church which she don't need to be around nobody while she is having these issues and hearing spirits to be amongst the public potentially having a moment so in an entry from the following day on the 10th of february it reads stayed to keep her from going to church both morning and afternoon she very low all the day prayers in the afternoon as in the morning should have returned home to dine but too rainy and windy and stormy dinner before six and tea immediately afterwards all doing a little botany Miss W, much better this evening. Miss rawston's and my philosophical conversations on religion had done her good. Miss Rawson and I agreed we doubted the doctrine of everlasting torment and hellfire. So they're out there trying to reason with a hell philosophically, like, listen, what 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 is the deal with hell anyway? Like, is it even I mean hellfire? Like, let's evaluate. <laughs> so that's I like that they were trying to do that. And then it says that the following day, Catherine Ralston left Lydgate and that in a mark of their new intimacy, Anne promised to consult Dr. Belcombe about Catherine's menstrual complaint. So evidently she has had the, quote, three-year stoppage of her cousin, which is how people refer to uh, ladies' time. A cousin. Cousin came to visit. (laughs) I don't know why they call it a cousin. But uh, poor Catherine. Sounds like she got some diet issues or potential hormonal imbalance. right? stoppage. I mean, there's reasons. There's lots of reasons. Iron issues, all kinds of reasons why a woman's menstrual cycle could end. But at the same time, I'm like, girl, you're young. That's
1: Right. <laughs> That's the scary part. Because it's like, do you want to be active and then not have a cycle? Because then it's like, you're three years late. Like, consult immediately. And then you mess around and you, and you find a whole type. He's like, see, this is how it's supposed to be.
0: And then it's like, oh, Lord. Right. I mean, besides like uh, some sort of eating disorder of some kind, not to say that she has an eating disorder, but maybe also like what she's eating, weight problems, ovary issues. There's just a lot. So I don't know what Dr. Belcombe, quite frankly, let's be honest, um, Dr. Belcombe isn't going to do anything (laughs) to help Catherine with her missing periods, because I just don't know that they got that kind of information in 1833, but maybe, I don't know. Dr. Theora, are you listening? <laughs> Maybe you can confirm whether or not there was advice right? that there, was relevant. Are there
1: records of, well, I don't know. If I'm Ross sure there was... are
0: records, but is it scary? <laughs> like, right. is it Like, do we want to read them? I'm just going to close this tab. <laughs> or is it just like American Horror Story Asylum, where you're just Ooh, like, oh, God. dear. So it says that on the 16th of February, with the snow having all but disappeared, Captain George McKay Sutherland and his mother finally arrived at Lydgate. Captain Sutherland described as, quote, good-looking, very Scotch countenance. And his mother, quote, must have been rather handsome, looks perhaps 60, stout and well. And they were greeted with tea and thorough appraisal from Anne, which is, quote, good people but almost vulgarish. But she will change her mind on that before it's all said and done.
1: I mean, well, that's sort of how the appraisal process works. It's oh, first yeah, First impression
0: and then you're like, oh, lasting, lasting yeah, impression. Uh-huh. And a piece from... Our entry on the 16th talks about Anne cutting to the chase about baby gay Anne's illness. Quote, some talking with Captain Sutherland said thought the complaint chiefly on Miss W's mind, but she was perfectly herself on all subjects, but that of religious despondency. So that sentence is like literally verbatim from what we heard in the last episode. Yeah. She would require very good management, required a physician accustomed to mental suffering. Mrs. Sutherland said that Dr. McDonald recommended Dr. Hamilton of Edinburgh at about 70, but still lecturing there and in great practice. Quite a lady's physician. I agree to this. Um, 70? 70? <laughs> oh, no! no! No!
1: No! No! Everything is creepy no! about this. It's all bad. It's all
0: bad. Okay. Then it continues that Anne found Captain Sutherland's other topics of conversation less scintillating. Her commentary on the following day was particularly scathing. Quote, I had been very sorry for myself in such company. <laughs> so this is, this is her the next day. <laughs> Miss Sutherland, vulgar, which would have been sooner and more easily perceived had she been less quiet. She had dirty nails. <laughs> Sorry, but that's a very gay thing that's, to notice. But yeah. also, it's hygienic. Like p- some people are, um,
1: like it's yeah, unless I'm cleaning, it's it's harder. I've noticed to keep my nails clean passively. I would have to go. No, you have to get, endeavor right. to do it. Like yes. Lister
0: endeavors, and many times in her diaries, as she writes down, cut my nails, and <laughs> it's like, yeah, girl, you're gay. You're gay.
1: And then this is the what smartphone era. So like, you'll notice there'll be a day where it's like I can't unlock my phone because <laughs> my nail my talon is oh my touching the screen. It's like yes go and get someone. Can I tell you there's one there's
0: few things that creep me out more than dudes with talents. like I like natural talons it's just a thing I don't like dudes
1: I mean, with long nails. Like coke
0: nail I mean just, what was that 90s, oh 2000s, God. 80s, okay, 90s yeah. 2000s?
1: but it's like it's like the it one. It probably is still relevant <laughs> to this may, day. May, so that will be another reason to not keep talents, dudes unless you want girls to know that you like to party which is i mean and you're right an agency to do but i mean don't be Good surprised not. and alarmed that a girl follows you into the bathroom oh wanting. To, <gasps> I, 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 okay so maybe i'm speaking from experience i was jaunting at maybe this gay party and maybe a girl did followed me into the bathroom hoping that she could bump along with me and i was like miss
0: miss i just haven't cut my nails today miss <laughs> miss i'm not engaging in illegal activities with narcotics oh my god i can't
1: <laughs> see i mean i was i was but one of two black guys there so maybe the other black guy was who she maybe meant to jump jump into that she bathroom was like, with. one of y'all got the good right.
0: <laughs>
1: good
0: lord okay <laughs> i was just picturing that whole situation oh, so it, it was, was one of those all gender bathrooms
1: sure yeah 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 because yeah, yeah. uh, there's
0: a lot of those in the city as appropriately i think all bathrooms should be all gender
1: i mean it was a one stall bathroom but it was, you know. it'll end so much nonsense
0: especially in the club because you know women always get fucked up on that on that because when they separate the genders the men's bathroom never has That's a line the express there's line. Not, it's an express <laughs> express jolt to the bathroom with the women you're like oh my god what is this motherfucking exodus out of egypt uh, i don't know yeah, what's yeah. happening on this line it's so bad so i regularly go into the men's bathroom and i don't care if i have to Out, spike, excuse me i don't have any problems do you guys have any problems good because i need to be so <laughs> it's unhealthy to hold you that part it right? is unhealthy it is so you just gotta do what you gotta do right so ann was talking that shit oh dirty nails And she ends with Captain Sutherland, good hearted and well enough, but evidently not a high bred Highlander. (laughs) Here comes snobby Ann Lister. So as I mentioned earlier, was earlier was last episode, but Ann Walker's last night is the 18th of February. And Ann Lister wrote in this excerpt, it says grumbled her last night. She on the Amoroso and wanted to be near me that is, have my drawers off, but I thought it better not. She would sleep in my arms and snored so shockingly I could scarce bear it, good in myself with the thought of it being the last night. She seemed as if she was going to leave all she liked best, and could scarce have enough of me. Oh, <laughs> poor girl. She could hardly leave me in the morning, and this made us so late. She was a little on the amoroso again. I touched and handled and grumbled a little, but would not do much. So, so, so. That's just I mean, the snoring is kind of hilarious because I don't know if that's how it worked for Ann Walker, but I've known people, including my gosh damn mom, she can snore. But when she's tired, like if she's like getting that good, good. Right. So when I was a kid and I've continued this practice with like people I know. Who aren't my mom, but just a little finger in the nose. Like if you're in the place and someone's giving you that deep snoring, you're like, God, I can't sleep. And I already said I'm a light sleeper. Just plugging it up. And then what you gotta do is like wait for the disruption in the snore, and then try to get yourself into REM in before that 20 minute window before back. it starts again. Yep.
1: Right. This is
0: these. Are, this is my advice for anyone dealing with a snore. Just like <laughs> techniques. If Annalisa love- would to do that technique, she might've been less annoyed.
1: Can you imagine someone who calls themselves a life sleeper, but yet they snore like they should be waking themselves up, but they don't. So. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But you know what that also says to me too, that Anne Walker was at least able to sleep that night. Right. If she was snoring on you, that means she was at peace. Hopefully for that time, no night terror. It sounded like disturbed her, which is in line with what we saw and what you were saying about show version was that it seemed like in this moment when, And Lister's about to be off, that she was fighting for her sanity. Yes. Not having a night terror at that time. Fighting for the grubble. And that uh, And Lister was being a bit withholding. (laughs) She was like, again, like, I cannot take my drawers off. And poor Ann Walker, God, you see the thirst. Do you see the thirst and lust? She's about to be off to Scotland. And she's like, girl, could... I mean, I I know, like, this whole time I've been trying to get... I I really would like to see what's beneath the uh, the braids. If I could... If I could... If we could just you know maybe if you could get real close up uh, i don't know right experiment i don't Wanna i think it might help me with my vision Like glass, baby unless it was like oh no be like i can't do that i can't be that compromised and vulnerable when you're about to leave me
1: you know in case you know we don't see each other for some time you know you always want something to remind you of someone and and walker that- was
0: like can i just have this parting gift and listen was like no
1: <laughs> 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 no uh,
0: and Ann Choma writes that without the promise of a future together, Anne was unwilling to give herself fully to Ms. Walker. And we have covered stuff like that before, which makes sense. Especially because I said that thirst. I, I don't think Ann Lister could have handled again complete neckwear, skin to skin with Ann Walker. And then, oh, now you, now it's gone? Now it's done? And there is some mention on the day of departure that Ann Lister was left alone for a moment with elderly Mrs. Sutherland. And that their conversation was illuminating because she was very keen to hear if Ann Walker ever mentioned Alexander McKenzie, which is Mrs. Sutherland's penniless nephew, who had once offered his hand in marriage.
1: That she left on read. Yes.
0: Ann said, I knew she did not like him. He must have mistaken her civility for something else. She was always civil. And I'm like, yeah, that's just who Ann Walker is. She's a nice person. But there are some dudes out there that are like, oh, she was nice. She wants me. Clearly. Did you see how she didn't curse me? You see how she said hello? We're destined.
1: <laughs> well, well, yeah. She what? Well, these days, it's like what she hearted to my IG photos. I'm going in the DM. Oh she no. Wants the D. Oh no. They
0: also have another part of the entry where N writes, "I thought Miss Walker would not marry to pay anyone's debts, nor ought she. In terms of her replying to elderly Missus Sutherland, and that surely Captain Sutherland would take care that proper settlements were made. And so, I mean, that's exactly what we got from that scene in the last episode. That she's like, girl. I- I really do hope that you're not trying to marry her off just to settle someone's debts. I mean, that is so fucking rude. But I guess that just goes back to how they see her in her family. Outside of her sister, at least. they just like, oh, she's a ticket to something. If she doesn't marry, this house goes to my grandson? Oh. But if she does marry, maybe I could get her to marry my nephew. So either way, Mrs. Sutherland is like, we need to get her stuff to be our stuff. I have right. no care and concern for who she is as a person, for her mental health, for her emotional health, for her heart. No, no, no. I just want her shit. And either I'm going to get it this way for Sackville or I'm going to get it this other way for my nephew.
1: Right. Because the worst thing that Walker could do in this scenario is get married and all that property goes away.
0: Yes. To someone else. Not in that fucking family. The Sutherland family. (laughs) And Chomer writes that it was a response that Mrs. Sutherland was not expecting. I guess you didn't know Ann Lister had that smoke. And Ann Lister wrote, poor girl. They want her for some of their kin if they can get her. Yeah. So I take that to mean, too, that if not this one guy, Alexander McKenzie, there's enough other boys who are in this Sutherland chain who need someone's money, because it definitely doesn't seem like they brought anything (laughs) to the marriage, but that Elizabeth brought it all for the captain and that Ann Walker similarly would bring it all for whatever other person was there. And Ann Choma writes that Mrs. Sutherland's scheme to marry Anne Walker to her penniless nephew was a stark reminder of the way Anne was viewed by her family, rich and marriageable. She was indeed the valuable commodity who might be used to further the financial interest of her kin. It was a situation that inspired sympathy in Ann Lister, who made no link between Alexander McKinney's mercenary motivations and the appraisals she had made of Miss Walker's wealth in the past. For Anne, Anne Walker's money was a useful resource, but one that might only be tapped after a mutual and meaningful romantic pledge. It was also important to her that she was able to bring her own albeit far smaller fortune to the partnership. So I appreciate Anchoma's <laughs> what I feel is appropriate reading into this situation versus some other sentiment we've seen from different people who've summed it up that yeah, of course, money is a consideration because it was a consideration her entire life as it is for everyone. Evidently, thinking about getting married, it's just what happens. You talk about property, you talk about wills or whatever, but that she wasn't so money hungry. Like everyone else seems to be they're like, we don't give a fuck about Ann Walker. Just how do we get what we need? Where Anlis was like, I care. And no, I can't. I don't want to just be some succubus. It takes your money because I can because you like me so much because you'll still let me do it, even though we're not going to be married. Like if we're married, that's what I want to do is have a rich bay. will help me turn shabby shipping? a little less shabby i got stuff to build but only if my wife helps me build it so and that's not gonna be mariana because mariana can't even come with no money isn't that funny (laughs) oh Oh. lord how's mariana can't pay for (laughs) shit (laughs) (laughs) only only a walker can do that kind of stuff so it ends with in this section as the time of her departure drew near miss walker was increasingly despondent Quote, very low at going, wrote Anne, said she would rather go with me. Of course she would. Countering Anne Walker's anticipation that she would be miserable in Scotland, quote, as she was before, felt as if she should never come back. Anne Lister's attempts to humor her inspired a little hope, where she said, quote, smiled and rallied when I joked her about running after me. Oh! So she reminded her when she chased me down time she was <laughs> a teenager. Remember that time you chased <laughs> me down? Remember that time? And she continued, she seemed quietly bent on being back before June when she thinks I am to be off. So that's baby Ann Walker like, I think I could be back before June like you sing and I'm traveling to June. I think I could be better and back by then. God, she is trying so hard. And then it says that Ann Walker gave Ann Lister a bronze taper stick that she had long coveted as a memento of their relationship. So once again, heiress Ann Walker dropping gifts for her bae before she leaves and as the carriage was prepared and Lister had a message for Ann Walker's sister quote send my kind regards to Mrs. Elizabeth Sutherland and begged her to tell me how Miss Walker was on her arrival at Inverness as I thought it better not to write Miss Walker as it would only be a harass to her yeah she's like I don't want to make anything worse so you write to me about what's happening with her and we'll do that communication but not together And so Anne Choma writes that that was also an attempt for Anne Lister to open an emotional space between the two of them. And that just after one o'clock in the afternoon, the carriage left Lydgate. For Anne Lister, sadness at Anne Walker's departure was diluted by a huge deal of relief. The last few months had been draining. She had supported Anne through illness and personal trauma, balancing the duty she felt towards her with her own desire for freedom. She had courted dangerous attention all the while questioning Anne's experience and motives, <laughs> man keen, and attempting to reconcile her own conflicted feelings for the woman whose vacillation frustrated and unhinged her in equal measure. All told, she felt she had made a narrow escape. And then this gets to what I was saying about the book that we see in the show where she gives Anne Lister the, right. with the inscription that she read it later. And Choma writes that afternoon and Lister said about tying up a number of loose ends on Miss Walker's behalf. There was a sovereign to be given to Mrs. Armitage of the Missionary Society and a message for Samuel Washington to, quote, pay for two children at a little school.
1: <laughs> see, uh, look how sweet she is. See, they're both paying. See, she got <coughs> she got the one on her land. And then Walker got he Are you talking two. about Henry? Yeah.
0: Miss Walker got more stuff. I she know. Everything I know. she has. I just thought of a line from the last episode, but let me keep it to myself. Lord, but it makes me smile. Anyway, but she has more stuff. All the stuff. She posted two letters bound to make their way from Halifax to the West Indies, but that she also enjoyed the opportunity to reestablish her routine of home improvements and reading. And there's just an excerpt from her diary entry also on that day where she says, From 2.35 all the afternoon with Charles and James Haworth in the library fitting the wainscot doors to the two larger book cupboards taken down. Till dinner at 6.15. Afterwards, read the first 62 pages of La Trobe's Alpenstock or Travels on Foot in Switzerland. But Anne Schoma closes this section out by saying, Before the day was out, there came a hint that Anne Walker would not be so easily erased from Anne's life. Leaving through the Bible, Anne Walker had gifted her for the promotion of her Christian knowledge. Anne noticed an inscription on the flyleaf. 18th of February, 1833, Psalm 91, 11. And at the back, A-W to A-L. Anne turned to the reference and was touched by the words she found. Quote, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep them in all thy ways. With sadness, Anne Lister reflected on how different things could have been if Miss Walker had only the courage to love and be loved. Quote, poor girl, what a pity, she wrote. What a pity she has not more mind to be happy herself and to make others so. And uh spoiler, <laughs> I don't know if I should say it. I don't know uh, if I should say it. Because you'll just it. discover it. Yeah. I'll just. Hold it. Then, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'll just. I won't say that last line. So, yeah, that's it. That's um, that is all that's relevant to episode six from Anchoma's wonderful book. Gentleman Jack Rail and Lister. These doffles, man. Yeah. And Lister acting like she's real happy about it. But girl, how can you be happy you don't have a wife? <laughs> that don't sound right. From how you were talking earlier. I don't know. In the section Ann like, says on, what is it, the 17th of February, it's like an excerpt, which is generally how it always works in most of these books. But her book, they take, like, really small sections that is relevant to what they're talking about for the day. But an additional line that she says when she's in that whole section talking about the Sutherlands and meeting them there, her sentiment that she ends up leaving with is, like, thought I... Well, poor girl, what a set she is getting amongst. Like, she she really, really thought, like, damn, Anne Walker is not lucky to go off to Scotland with these people.
1: Yeah, that's not the word I would use.
0: That sucks. But poor Anne Walker. You know what's interesting now that I think about it? Hmm. Maybe that wouldn't have fit with how, they, with how Sally wrote the scene. Because to hear Anne Lister describe it, when you hear the phrase, and could scarce have enough of me, poor girl, what does that make you think of?
1: Maybe it's the placing of that scarce, but like um, it's almost literally just restating a degree of thirst.
0: (laughs) Right. So that's what I was wondering is that maybe it just wouldn't fit in to how Sally constructed the love scene for this past episode, because, of course, I would always enjoy seeing Ann Walker's thirst. But instead, we see Ann Walker's sensitivity and perception of what's happening with Ann Lister, where she's like, hey, what's wrong? And she, she does not go forward with the grubbles. Like, I am just gonna say, I think Mariana, she would get her O and maybe two more before she's like, is everything? No, she wouldn't even ask. She might be like, oh, um, are you upset again? Like, are you upset that life is life? Like, thanks for these O's, I'm going to sleep. So I don't know, I think that's interesting that the sentiment that Ann Lister is giving off in the diaries is that maybe a level of insatiableness from Ann Walker, and that makes sense if you're like, this is the last time, especially in her mind, where she's like, I really am not feeling optimistic that I'll ever see you again, that we will ever return to each other's arms. And so in this final night, I need you to take off the brace, okay? Come over here and do this stuff. And Lister was just like, I'm sorry, babe, but I can only do 30% of what you're requesting for my self health. I'm so sorry.
1: Lord...
0: I also wanted to share an additional transcription from that final part of when she reads the passage. I did not decode this myself, although I might try because there were some intelligible parts, I think, for the translator. But this is on the, I found this on the website, uk, where there's a transcription of Sunday, February the 18th. As I'm sure many people were like, that day that Ann Walker leaves, what's that? What does she say? And so it's much longer than what is in the Gentleman Jack book. But after that part where she turns to the reference, she writes, I did not see this till tonight when I turned to the reference, quote, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And in code, she wrote, and the sight of this affected me. Poor girl. What a pity she has not more mind to be happy herself and may others so. She seemed to the last thinking of being back before I was off and of going with me. She said she should never let me leave England without her and once let slip that she must hear of me or she should write to me herself. I said I would tell Mrs. Sutherland all I knew of my plans when I wrote. Should not be here longer than till the end of June at farthest, but should be off as much sooner as I could.
1: Yeah. See, even when she's battling for her sanity, she's still this giving, this giving woman, this giving, this charitable spirit. She's, she never lost her nature. As much as she was losing bits of herself, right. she never lost her nature. Like, that's she's stronger than she knows. I mean, that's like, if I could send a message, like that would be the message. Like you were stronger than you even knew that you were. Like I would tell her that even, especially at this point.
0: Right. So also in the margin on that day was a note that said, sent my kind regards to Mrs. Sutherland and begged to tell how Miss W was on her arrival at Inverness. As I thought it better not to write to Miss W. It would only harass her, which we saw in the book. The captain looked, said nothing but seemed surprised. And so that was like, and Anthroma did mention this, that perhaps to the Hets who don't know what's going on, it was very weird for Anne to be like, oh, I'm not going to write her. Like, I'll write you and then you can let me know what's going on. They're like, oh, okay. Because they didn't know that complicated grubble drama <laughs> was going on. And that's that's the reason. But yeah, that's it. That's it for relevant entries that we can cover for this episode.
1: I like that I did not die this nightcap, i my forecast for when we did the episode and it ended up being two parts because god the the depth and it was like i don't know if i could sit through several authors writing entries about this period but you know
0: yeah and it's just like i said it's just it's mostly ann walker suffering and ann lister feeling frustrated and like how do i get out of this but also still every day going to do what she has to do and i think that was the most frustrating part personally is that she knew she would never stop if Ann Walker did not leave. And because she wasn't sure that any type of marriage could work with her, she's like, you gotta go. You gotta get out of Halifax. Because if you don't get out of Halifax, I'm gonna be here every day, just stuck here taking care of you because I can't help myself. So why don't you go to Scotland? And maybe there can be some progress made in either direction.
1: As the vibe I was getting. Now, according to you, it's gonna be all about Mariana, episode seven. I mean, it's not all about Mariana, but it's all about Mariana.
0: <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little fucking bit. We've not seen Mariana for a number of episodes now, so you know it's going to be a turn up now that she's come back in the scene, especially because look what's going on. It's a different scenario than when we first saw Mariana, but also it's the same fucking scenario for when you saw Mariana for the first time in episode one when Anne was on the fucking Dolefuls about Veer. And Veer, I shan't say no. Oof. So now she's on the Dolefuls about Anne, Anne Walker. Seeing Mariana again. Any predictions you want to make on how Mariana is going to carry on? What she might say or suggest to Ann Lister? Um
1: Well, I feel like in the preview, there was something like a what she got that I don't got kind of vibe. Not that that's going to be the thing that's going to be like pressed, but. But wouldn't
0: that also be a vibe, just a general for like humans?
1: Well, yeah. Yeah.
0: I like money. That is hers. And for one, <laughs> if you want to be petty like Ann Listed, like, well, she got that bread.
1: Look at this thing she gave me. Uh, Look at this fucking bug. She's, she's my muse. will not you understand? She's my muse. Do you see the show mirror that's at the and bottom, at the base of my uh, property? That was based off of, off of my thoughts of her. Like
0: no one can convince me that Anne wasn't completely
1: and entirely thinking of Anne
0: Walker when she constructed that show mirror I know the show mirror was in her mind for for who knows how long, but I'm just saying you can't be obsessing about a hoe, thinking about a hoe, and current crosses about a hoe. And be like, oh, this, this shed is for any old bitch. She was not incurring crosses about Mariana at that time. So, well. <laughs> and since we're on the topic of vulgarities and things like incurring crosses, so I guess we should announce that we finally have some fucking merch available. <laughs> now that we've ended with the diary segment. You guys,
1: like, we kept saying that it existed. We really did. And then now there's like proof where you can click on things and you can we see We are it. the actual
0: worst <laughs> and the slowest when it comes to digital <laughs> stuff. So you can know what we're doing, how to support, how to get swag. We know and we're sorry. We're really working our best <laughs> to be better than the horror that we show you currently on the social meds. But yeah, so website, you guys can totally go to it. I don't know if you can guess the name, but it's gentlemenjackcrock.com. And you can go there if you want. And I don't know, it's just like information about the podcast and us and why we love the ands. And you'll see a link there to some stuff. Most of it are lovely Patreon to our grubble tears. You guys already know what it is. Oh, do you want to tell them about our new favorite one that we're calling part of our grubble goth line, which whatever. Oh, That's a phrase the, to oh, live forever. The more. hoodie?
1: Is that what we're talking about?
0: Well, technically there's more than one hoodie, but you oh, know yeah. which hoodie I'm talking about. Yes.
1: Oh, you must be talking about our incur a cross design <laughs> and care across today
0: the <laughs> so uh, and
1: then you know what because no one's gonna get it oh, oh she must be so religious oh of course i am of course I no am. <laughs> oh dear oh dear uh, i take my crosses maybe not seriously. it depends
0: well there's alternate <laughs> there's alternate backs. there's like The one back that says, bitch, that's four hours, which, well, (laughs) you guys listen to this podcast, you know exactly where that's from. And then the other version says, do yourself harm. You're (laughs) You're doing doing yourself harm, Mrs. Barlow. You know, because that's a relevant quote. But um, yeah, we were thinking of ideas for merch. And of course, that came to us because it's excellent advice. Self-love is health love, you guys. Mm Mm-hmm. That's one of the many, many wonderful things we learned from N. Lister. N. Lister advice. This maybe be in Kara Crofts today, if you have time. <laughs> and that's my N. medical fact of the week. I know I haven't had one in a little while, but there you go. And we've got some other stuff there. Our Obeyethyst and grubble, which was like our very first design that we made. Our Listorian tea. And of course, our Go On Fearlessly. I'm in love with that that I traced in tears. while I was doing it I'm in love with the two and what's awesome about this is that we're actually going to be donating proceeds for anyone who decides to buy that merch too
1: the the Ann Walker Foundation
0: yeah to the Ann Walker Memorial Foundation lovely group that exists as a namesake to Ann Walker and her legacy that aims to have a focus in looks supporting like, LGBT yes LGBTQ plus people with a particular focus with mental health issues.
1: You know, this would have been young people. This would have been right on time. I mean, it's every time is on time. Every time is on time, but so important, especially for the youth
0: as we, as we've talked about privately at length, that for young people, especially well, just anyone, but especially young people dealing with any mental health issues that knowing that Ann Walker existed and walked this planet and was so goddamn courageous. And then of course, to see that, that courage and that strength in that letter that she wrote to john booth it's just beautiful and so when i discovered this organization existed i like told you right away i was so happy and emotional that we had to write them and be like just thank you thank you for doing this because every time i think about how her horrible hateful family conspired for everything about her memory to be destroyed and erased and think about what ann lister said you know she'll just be left there to dry up like a steak until there's nothing left, right? And so to have people like the two women responsible for this organization, and so many other people who are trying to build on top of Van Walker's legacy, so she's never forgotten. And I, I saw a picture of her headstone, and I, I assumed that was real life because it was on the Google. I'm not fully verified if it was, but it was so fucking disrespectful. to Ann Walker I wanted to fight someone immediately and I know that the beginnings to this organization had to do with honoring her memory properly so we're actually going to have more on that with the founders of this organization for you guys and probably next episode that we do or maybe it'll be like a bonus episode episode 7 I'm not sure how we're going to do that but we'll figure it out but yeah we just wanted to mention that because it's just something that we feel very strongly about Not just to ink our bodies, but just paying it forward for the future of health and enjoyment and love for all queer peoples who can potentially benefit from this story, which I really do think anyone who hears it can benefit from it, gay or straight, queer or not, but especially, most importantly, the young, young, sensitive, quiet queers. So we're super excited about that. More information about that will be coming soon on the interwebs, more than likely the Insta and the Twitter we've not used in a very long time. In fact, I think the last tweet was the go on fearlessly. I was like, I need a minute. That <laughs> right. was like the last tweet. I never returned to Twitter because I was like, I'm contemplative. I can't even deal with this. So more stuff with that and a kind of other big announcement related to that that we're working on as we get closer to figuring out these details. We will definitely tell you guys We'll be the first to know. What we're doing, but we're just gonna say we're really excited about
1: it. Yes, so we're really excited about it. I all this, I, I'm, I'm good with secrets. <laughs> I'm good with are secrets. you? Are you? Secrets, but I'm just gonna say that I can't down wait down. to jump my ass off. That's that's the only <laughs> thing I'm gonna say. I can't wait. You are the worst with secrets. Okay, okay <laughs> so <laughs>
0: well. Daddyo, as I've become accustomed to saying, time to end out this motherfucking nightcap. I think. I mean, I don't. It could be the gym that has me forgetting stuff. I guess I'll just blame you because you've not said, "Oh, you're forgetting this thing." Because I can't.
1: No, I feel like we're we're good
0: with. It's th- probably because we, we, we put say. a day in between. Yeah, that and too. it just feels weird to be ending this early, even though it's technically not early because it's a quarter to six. Yeah. But we came in here like around two thirty. But y'all, that was Terrence's fault.
1: I mean, I actually I don't mind these Twilight recording sessions. At least I'm I, usually up
0: at this time anyway. It's right, not, I can't help it. It's my when my brain
1: is most active. So I'm just like, okay. So since we have uh, maybe refilled, maybe we
0: they heard they heard when I left. I was like, excuse okay. me, I need to, I need to re up. <laughs> on my gin. Uh, so we're gonna, my Georgia O'Keefe sapphic
1: drink. We're, we're <laughs> going to, to uh, do our toasts. Uh, and if I had to toast to anyone. I'm going to toast to poor elder and Lister. <laughs> with two jaunty a niece, fraught with the thoughts of her niece mm. venturing out into the blizzards. Well, to see her ailing girlfriend stressful. It's I mean, first she's fell from a wall and now this <laughs> a wall. <laughs> oh, Lord. And then they lost the poor horse like just just, just so much. There was just so much for her to deal with. There's so a lot going yes, on. Yes, this is to ease your, uh, your ailments of the end, Lister.
0: Okay. All right, who am I going to cheers to?
1: Um, you know
0: what? I'm going to cheers to jaunty motherfucking Ann Lister because <laughs> for her resilience and her patience and her empathy, despite herself, despite all that shit talk she did, despite how often she may have felt like she just wanted to be done with Ann Walker, that she still found time and space to be kind to her, And to try and make her feel better and instruct people in ways that could improve her life and her health. And also, I got to toast up big ups to Ann Walker, as I always do for her thirst. Because, (laughs) Lord, it tickles me to no end to know that in this fraught, dramatic time, Ann Walker was still like, Hey, babe, those braids, though, like, <laughs> it's the last day. I know what you said, but I really, really, really but just, could I just, insatiable on the last night, like she should be completely on brand for Ann Walker and her sleeves of thirst, and I just love it. Never change. I don't think she did, but, <laughs> yeah, so I'm cheersing to Ann Lister's resilience and Ann Walker's thirst. All right. Salute. Mmm. <laughs> mm. Drum Shambo. Ah. You did real good tonight, Ooh. Jump Shambo. You're doing, you're doing the work. <laughs> what all was right. that shimmy? it just, just got to
1: go down smooth.
0: And not even that many hours, we're going to see Alanis Morissette
1: right. on Broadway. So I can't wait to jump my ass off <laughs> over there.
0: Day drinking.
1: Ah. Hell yeah. And if, you know, if I'm sick all day, then I'll also get to go to maybe some album release party after that so I mean just a good time to have I mean just in general
0: in general yes yes well thank you lovely listeners for spending another nightcap with us although largely in the Doefuls but you know we got through it I hope you guys are ready for the maximum level turn up I think it will be a three-parter because I'm sure because if we already hit two-parters right and I've been holding so much in (laughs) <laughs> from my, from like my, Mariana, so much Terrence, it's a lot. I have so many feelings, so many fucking feelings. Like I said, I enjoy the character of Mariana. I find her incredibly intriguing and curious, and I would watch a whole thing just on her and what was happening in her life. But as it relates to Aunt lista and what the fuck is going to go down in episode seven, I got that. I got that turn up jump. So. Ooh.
1: You'll see. Yeah, I I will see. You will see. Chances are, I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait to react. Uh, As always, everyone, we love you. Thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us. Yes, we can be found besides at Mm -hmm. gentlemanjackcrack.com. Pew, 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 pew,
0: pew, pew. They did it. They have an internet <laughs> presence. Oh, my God. These motherfuckers.
1: Um, we're sort of tweeting at a gentleman crack. <laughs> we're not tweeting,
0: but we're, I will send a
1: tweet. We'll send one. S- right. I, I should a, tweet, a tweet that.
0: I should tweet you when you was looking a hot mess. Um. Oh, Lord. Lord. <laughs> you like, don't. What if the historians see? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. No. Right. <laughs> um, then, you know, there's always our Insta, which is Gentleman Jack Crack. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, we have Facebook. a Facebook. Yo lovely, lovely people have been finding us, us.
0: <laughs> You guys are awesome. We appreciate it because we say all the time that we're the worst, but it's the truth. And you see, if you've joined our social means that it's it's dire.
1: I mean, it's a little paltry. I, I mean, we know. But...
0: but every new person that is like, oh, it's okay. We, it adds to the, the jaunt meter of like, do another post eventually, you fucking bastards. So it's coming. And like we said, we're working on content that we can just fridge and then just do it without having to think and meditate, because both of us overthink. Right. So you're like, oh, how how do we update this? And oh, let me spend three hours thinking about it. And so, it true, story. Well, true story. And then it doesn't happen. Right. So
1: it's like, did we decide? <laughs> well, we didn't decide. So so nothing happened. Right. So it just
0: didn't. Mm. So yeah.
1: Wait. So, so what is the name of the episode that's coming in? Um, the next one. Why have you brought that? God.
0: Yeah, the next episode of Jack is entitled, <laughs> Why Have You Brought That? Any guesses on what that means? Bring what?
1: Uh, but who's... Right, Don't say bro, strap. This is juice, not killing you. The jaunt? <laughs> the sh- I mean, the strap was the first
0: one. Okay. but uh, Are you going to guess who says the line? Why have you brought okay, that? Okay,
1: so I'm hoping that that is not said by our titular character. And it's said by someone who uh, noticed something that belonged to... Like, let's say someone was trying to get in the paint, right? Because, you know... It sounds like you're leaning towards Mariana. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say Mariana, but let's say someone was trying to... Or, yeah, and then all of a sudden it's like, there is, is don't know, a, a, there's a detail. There's a trinket. That mm-hmm. shows, I don't know, loyalty or dedication to someone else. And it's just this person bringing out their jealous jaunt and, and that energy oh. to be like, why have you brought that? Okay. It's like we you we'll date someone and they have like a teddy bear and it's like, yeah. wow, who gave you that teddy bear? My ex. It, wow. I that's like a good it. guess. It makes you uncomfortable. We'll, well see if, if you're you, right soon enough. If you want to buy me a teddy bear to replace that one, we could do that. <laughs> is that. Is that what we want to do? I can't with you why should i be out of a teddy bear just because like i don't know i just
0: god i want to say something but i have to keep it to myself <laughs> oh lord mercy so okay yeah
1: well episode seven why have you brought that next time on gentlemen check crack <laughs> Yes. Uh... Until next time, guys, cue the jonti
0: music. God, and get ready for Mariana's motherfucking dirty talk, (laughs) Friday, because it's coming next episode. (laughs) Oh,
1: God, no, I forgot about Friday. That
0: was
2: delicious. delicious.
1: (laughs) 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 Bye,
0: guys. Bye. Regency-era lesbians. Oh, my God.